Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Back here on Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score inside the clubhouse. Bruce Levine, Mike Esposito here with you. Our baseball discussions brought to you by the Chicago Wolves, who are making big plans for their 25th anniversary. Get your season tickets now and receive exclusive benefits. Visit ChicagoWolves.com or call 1-800-THE-WOLVES. Minutes away from Mike Rizzo, the National uh, GM. Let's hear from Jed Hoyer, my friend. Jed Hoyer uh, on, uh, was he was it Mully and Haw this week? It was Bernstein and McKnight, okay. and it was from Thursday. Bernstein and McKnight, our great midday show. Be sure to listen to all our daytime shows as they are there for you, talking sports at its highest level all week long. Uh, Jed Hoyer uh, talking a little bit about um, some of the things going on right now. Uh, let's start out with... Uh, the starting rotation, Mike, um, where he thinks uh, the rotation is at right now and uh, why isn't it better? One of the things about this season um, that's been a you know, kind of an area of frustration has, has been the rotation. Um, I think our guys have you know been, been pitching sort of below expectations. And I think with that, you, you try to figure out why. You know, is it, you know, is it, inability to get early count outs is an inability to get swings and misses. I think that you're always kind of looking at all those, all those different metrics just trying to figure out why is it that um, a group of pitchers that have been very good at pitching deep into games for their whole careers, that same group has, has struggled with that. And, and it's really to a man um, that, that those guys have, have struggled. Uh, I think Mike, uh, what we talked about a little earlier, um, Wear and tear on Lester. He was very good in the first half. Yep. If you remember last year at this time, he was uh, sent to uh, camp uh, timeout. Mm-hmm. Uh, had 12 Summer days break. off. He, he, his body was worn out. He's had more innings than I think any starting pitcher, you know, over the last 10 years. Uh, the guy just, you know, is going to wear down a little bit. And he needs a little time off from time to time. Nine uh, earned runs in the last two starts over 10 innings. He goes today. We'll see if uh, he gets straightened out there. But uh, not a lot of strikeout guys. Uh, he talks a little bit about uh, John Lester, Jed Hoyer did. Lester had a nice run in the first half of getting pretty deep in games. But but even still, I think that um, it's hard to sort of to single him out. I think that everyone has struggled to get deep in games and uh, – you know, it's something that we have to figure out. You know, we still have a third of the season left, and we need to, um, you know, pitch better uh, in order to, to get where we want to go. Uh, indeed. And thank goodness for a great bullpen uh, the Cubs have right now, Mike. Mm-hmm. Uh, you Darvish, um, where is he at? Is he coming back? Uh, we're supposed to hear today, Mike, uh, about the next step for him. Is it another sim game, or does he go out on assignment? Jed Hoyer on with our midday show. He had a really good uh, sim game yesterday. Um, he felt great. Um, he said he he said he felt good. Um, John Baker caught him. He said he looked he looked great. Um, I think the biggest thing is how he comes through it today. You know, I think with all these injuries, um, a lot of what you're looking at is is how you bounce back, how you recover. 
And uh, Hoyer finally talks about the three injured guys, meaning, of course, Darvish, Bryant, and Morrow. He's been progressing nicely and um, has had a really good look in his eye uh, as he's been throwing these sim games, as he's been throwing bullpens. Um, so he's doing well. And then the other two guys are just, um, you know, slowly making progress to get back. Um, no, no real updates on, on Bryant or Morrow, um, but they both are feeling better and hopefully we can you know, progress them into games. Well, Micah, who plays first, uh, Chris Bryant or Eli Jimenez? Whew. You know, I would have said Bryant uh, in two seconds uh, if you would have asked me that two weeks ago, but Man, I didn't expect this to last this long with Chris Bryant. The, the shoulder obviously is a thing uh, more serious than than we thought. And actually, Hoyer talks about this because he doesn't want 80% Chris Bryant for the season. I think we've seen 80% Chris Bryant, and they don't like it. Hoyer says they need full tilt Chris Bryant. Getting Chris Bryant back um, at you know some some percentage less than, than 100%, I'm not sure that's what we need. You know, we, we need him back and, you know, you know, being the superstar player that he is. And I think he, you know, he, we've seen that as he's dealt with his injury, you know, that it has taken a toll on him. The focus is on getting him to the place where he doesn't feel it at all when he swings. Um, and that way he can play free and easy and, and, and be able to, to be himself. Uh, you know, maybe that conversation comes later, uh, but certainly it's not anytime soon. Chris Bryant at any percent, I guess, is a pretty good player. Um, re-injuring himself is a factor, Mike, that they have mm-hmm. to consider the fact that um, he doesn't have the home run swing right now. Uh, the, these are, you know, big factors uh, going down the line. The way they're playing, just let him rest. And if they think he can come back and something doesn't have to be done after the season to straighten this thing out and four to six weeks rest is what he needs to get back to 100%, you know what, Mike, give it to him. This hour brought to you by David Studenroth for Cook County Judge. Uh, and talk about huge. A guy nobody, uh, or mo- I shouldn't say nobody. I'm going to guess 99% of Cubs fans never heard of before the season. You know, you talk about contributions. He made a great catch yesterday, David Bodie at third base. Can you imagine, and it sounds weird to say it, but where would the Cubs be without David Bodie? Yeah, you know, it's I, true, though. Again, uh, he's a surprise contributor. It's a guy that, once again, Joe Madden, with his scout's eye, saw in spring training, uh, liked everything that he did, hit the ball the other way, seamlessly went from position to position. He had this player in his mind all the way, and and, uh, it's worked out really well. Bodie's just a good ball player. Yeah, he really has uh, been huge. You mentioned the bullpen, and, and a texter asked, we were talking a little bit about the starting rotation, uh, a texter asking about waivers and the use of waivers and can the Cubs, uh, the example that uh, the texter used was Tyler Chatwood. Can you put him on waivers and see if somebody wouldn't claim him? When now, the, the correct question which you asked was, why would they do that? But your guess is he's, well, he's hundreds, sitting out there Hundreds anyway. of players are on yeah, waivers right. right now. And uh, there's you know a difference between uh, revocable and irrevocable waivers. Right now, uh, uh, Major League waivers, you put a guy like Chetwood out there and uh, you claim him. And if the Cubs wish, they don't even have to ask for anything back. Mm-hmm. They'll just say, okay, he's yours. Mm-hmm. You got the contract. You know, Sayonara. You can mm-hmm. ask for somebody back. That's the other part of it. Negotiate. Or 
uh, you can just pull the guy back. That and was, yeah. That That's the essence of waivers right now. The most famous example of recent memory that I can think of, the White Sox, the one year claimed Alex Rios from Toronto. $60 and the, million. Dollars. Yeah, and the Blue Jays said, let me drive into the airport, Alex. He was Alex. a pretty good player for him for about a year and a half or two years before they moved him again. Uh-huh. But uh, that happens. Uh, Randy Myers was claimed with a... $13 million owed and not the same pitcher he was. You have to be careful because people will t- say, take our player and take the money, please. Mike Rizzo, the Nats GM, joining us shortly. Uh, let's talk to Carl on the north side right now here on Inside the Clubhouse. Hey, Carl. Yes, good morning, guys. Morning. Uh, you were talking about the White Sox, what what players have been keys this year, who, I, who I'm happy with. I would say definitely uh, – uh, Carlos Rodon is on the top of the list. Lopez is doing well. And Makata, even though he's not having a good year, he needs the experience. And, and I like to see him fight out of the, uh, the slump he's in. And let's see what he can do next year. But one thing I'd like to ask you, Bruce, is I think next year the White Sox, uh, besides bringing up Eloy Jimenez, which I think he should be brought up on their next homestand, I'd love to see this kid play the last 40 or so games, is the fact that uh, – the White Sox need to go after a top free agent hitter. I don't know why they wouldn't go after a, a, a Bryce Harper or a Manny Machado even next year, even though I don't think those two guys would sign. But I'd like to see him. sure like to try because that would really uh, help the fans. And I think the White Sox, like the Cubs did with Lester, you know, is, is go after a top-notch free agent. And that's I strongly believe it should be a, a, a hitter. Thanks, Bruce. All right, Carl. Uh, thank you. Uh, yes, a good call, Mike, because uh, that's exactly what they're going to need. They're, they're going to need to have to plug in the right people mm-hmm. uh, at the right time. And Lester was certainly that for the Cubs. A Machado or a Harper for the White Sox sounds like a pipe dream because of the fact you have to sell your franchise, your city, and your rebuild to that player to get them to come in and take their $300 million from you. Two White Sox numbers for you. One bad, one good. Uh, we'll start with the bad. Moncada, since the All-Star break, Bruce, 10 for 76. That's 132. Uh, and last night, uh, Ricky Renneria uh, put him eighth in the batting order. Right. Uh, he needs some time off, okay? Young player all the time. You know, I, I admire Ricky and the White Sox for saying, we have to keep these guys mentally strong, and they have to learn how to play 162 games. It's another thing to once in a while just give a guy a mental day off and let him watch the pace of the game. Let him watch how the game's going. Let him uh, internalize uh, what he's not doing out there or what he's rushing in his game and just pushing his way through playing a game rather than uh, relaxing and playing the game the way he has to. The good number that I promised you, Carlos Rodon, last six starts, 2-0, and 42 and two-thirds innings, a 127 ERA. He's obviously been masterful right there. The president of the Washington Nationals and general manager, good friend of ours, longtime friend and Chicagoan, Mike Rizzo joins us on Inside the Clubhouse. Good morning, Mike. Hey, Bruce. Mike, how are you guys? We're doing great. Uh, A tough one for you guys yesterday. I guess it's been a season full of tough ones, and – a lot of injuries that have impacted your team. But there's, a, as you know, being in the game for all, your whole life, there's no pity parties going on for anybody in the game. Yeah, no, you, nobody has to worry about us. We uh, we know who we are and what uh, what type of team we have. And yeah, it was a tough one yesterday. There's been a 
you know, we, we can't seem to get much traction and put together strings of wins uh, like we have in the last you know, six or seven years. But, uh, yeah, you're right. There's you know, nobody feeling sorry for the Washington Nationals. We've been a, a, a successful team for the past six years. We're, uh, we still have high hopes for this year, and uh, we, uh, we definitely think that we have not played our best baseball yet. Right, Mike, and and as it is, uh, even without those strings of uh, of wins coming together, you guys are are still right in the thick of it there in the East, uh, five and a half games uh, back starting today, but certainly a deficit that uh, can be made up uh, in the last uh, two months almost of the season. Yeah, you know we uh, we know the challenge ahead. It's uh, it's going to be uh, exciting and then a, a little bit different for us. You know, last year we won the, the division by twenty games or so. In the last couple of years, we've kind of walked away with the division. Uh, last four out of uh, six years. So uh, you know we're uh, we're the defending National League uh, back-to-back National League East champions for a reason. We think that uh, you know we've got ourselves a, a championship caliber club this year. We're finally semi uh, semi healthy. Uh, we haven't had our, our team together for one single game this year the team that we thought we'd have coming out of spring training and uh, you know when you lose your your ninth inning reliever and your eighth inning reliever and uh, your number two starter it's it's always an up here uphill battle after that and uh, we've continued to battle on and and keep a positive attitude and uh, you know our sights are set on uh, on winning the National League East again. Mike, the uh, great theater around uh, Bryce Harper he's uh, been one of the hottest hitters in baseball over the last month, back to being the dominant uh, player he's been, uh, the whispers about him possibly being traded around the deadline, knowing that he's a free agent after this season. What is the, uh, the philosophy of uh, you as the, the head baseball guy and the Lerner family going uh, down with, with Bryce now? And is he, is he something that you, someone that you expect to be a part of your future after this year? Well, Bryce is a guy that's near and dear to my heart and the owner's heart. We, uh, you know, we drafted we drafted this kid, signed him, developed him, uh, watched him turn into a star at the big league level, and uh, you know, he's a guy obviously that uh, impacts any team he's on. He, he's, uh, you know, he's a core. He's one of the core players in, in our organization, and we we love to keep him. Uh, and uh, he's, you know, he's one of the great players in the game, and uh, you know his. Uh, you know we're we're going to uh, we're going to play out this season to see where we're at, but we've got a great rapport with him, and uh, he and I are close personally and professionally, and uh, and we'll uh, you know we're going to we're going to attack that after after the season ends. But uh, uh, suffice to say, we uh, you know he's comfortable in D.C. and uh, and and likes uh, likes playing there, and, and we love having him. What what was that little hook? Uh, uh, you know, hearing that he might be available was that a, a media driven story? Well, it was more media driven than uh, than baseball driven. I would, if I had to balance it out, uh, you know, uh, every 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 team goes through the due diligence of, of seeing what the value of players are, and uh, and when uh, you know we we fielded a lot of calls, we didn't we didn't make it, we didn't make a lot of calls on 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 Harp, but uh, obviously he's you know he was a, there was he was a player of interest to a lot of contending clubs, and uh, and we listened to see what uh, what the value was coming back but uh you know at the end of the day we we feel that we're uh, we're in this thing to the end and uh you know without Bryce Harper we, it, our, our chances really plummet of uh, of coming back and winning, <clears throat> winning this division so uh, we hung on to our club and uh, and uh, with the hopes of uh, we catch we we play like we're supposed to play and and, uh, and catch the uh you know young and exciting Braves and Phillies teams and uh, and uh, you know repeat as a three-time National League East champion Mike Rizzo, Nationals GM, is our guest here on Inside the Clubhouse on the Score. And, Mike, uh, 
Davey Martinez talked yesterday, kind of a, a meet and greet with the media. His first time back as manager, is, of course, was uh, bench coach here with the Cubs and was with Joe Madden for, for many, many years. How have you viewed, uh, you know, year one for Davey? And obviously he's dealt with a lot of the, the injury stuff that, that you talked about before, but uh, still in contention and obviously his first year running the whole show. He's, he's done great. I, I think he's, uh, he's really, uh, he, uh, he got thrown into the fire uh, with, with a contending club uh, that had a multitude of injuries. And uh, we've had, I think we've had 50, uh, 49 or 50 different players on the, big, on the big league roster this year. So it really challenged our organizational depth, challenged, uh, you know, his, uh, you know, his managerial skills. And uh, he really has balanced, uh, you know, keeping an upbeat personality and, uh, and tempo in, in the clubhouse with, uh, with, you know, really having to juggle a lot of different lineups, a lot of different players, and a lot of different new personalities. Uh, and, uh, you know, when you first get to an organization, you're learning the organization, you know, kind of on the fly. You have all of spring training uh, and, then, and then the season. So uh, he had to learn uh, uh, 25 new uh, personalities in, uh, in spring training early in the season. And then you tack on another 25 or so players because of injuries. So he had his work cut out for him. I think he's done a great job of, of communicating with the players. The players love playing for him. And, uh, and a, a guy who's, who's really come into his own as a manager and, uh, and kind of put his own uh, stamp on, uh, on his managerial style and, and a guy who, uh, who's always upbeat, positive, and, and runs a great game. Chicago's own Mike Rizzo, the president and GM of the Washington Nationals, for another minute on Inside the Clubhouse. Mike, what impresses you about the Chicago Cubs? They've had their injuries. They've had their failures with uh, starting pitching, yet they've been able to stay near the top uh, of their division all year. What, what is it about uh, the Chicago Cub team? I think it starts. I think it starts at the top. Uh, you know, Theo and, and Jed have built a great depth in the organization, which we all are trying to attain. Uh, you know, injuries injuries happen, and uh, again, you know, no one's going to feel sorry for the for the Cubs, and uh, and but they just keep turning out you know player after player and and guys who who can perform, and uh, you know, it all starts on on the mound, and uh, and I, I think that. Uh, you know, this starting pitching is, is king in this league. And, uh, you know, they run they run a starting pitcher out there every day that gives them a chance to win. And uh, I think that uh, with their core group of guys, with uh, Bryant and Rizzo and uh, Contreras and Baez, uh, you know, leading the pack, uh, they're, they're a young, exciting athletic team. And, uh, and you know, they can figure out ways to score runs. You know, it's uh, on days when the, uh, when the long ball isn't working yesterday, wind blowing in, you know, tough day to hit the ball out of the yard. They scrape together, you know, four or five hits, you know, you know, take their walks and, uh, and uh, you know, and score enough runs to win. So I think that uh, that kind of epitomizes what they try to do uh, on a daily basis. That's a Joe, that's Joe Madden's philosophy since I've known him in uh, 1982. So, uh, you know, grind out wins. And uh, you know, even when they look ugly, it's, it's you know, put, putting the W up is, is the, finding a way to get a W is, is the, the secret to success in this league. Joe got uh, Joe got a little animated there yesterday on the uh, the play at first base. He got uh, got uh, run out of there with that one, huh? Seen him, seen it before. <laughs> we'll see it again. It's, uh, it, it takes a little bit it, it, as as he's aged uh, and, and mellowed out a little bit uh, uh, from from the '82 season that he managed me. Uh, that, uh, but he's still uh, he's still when 
when that lick, when that wick is lit, he he can still uh, he can still get after it with the best of them. Yeah, I don't think he gets to first base at four flat anymore, <laughs> but it, it might be might be four seven or four eight. He still gets there, Mike. Uh, Mike and I appreciate you uh, joining us on Inside the Clubhouse, and always appreciate your friendship with you and your family over the years. It's a it's a special thing. Best of luck to you guys, and uh, we'll talk to you at the ballpark. Thanks again, Mike. Appreciate it, guys. Have a good day. All right. Mike Rizzo, Thanks, Mike. the president and GM of the Washington Nationals in town playing the Cubs this weekend. Here are all the games right here on 670 score 670thescore.com. Today at 2.30, it is Zach Zaidman and his pregame show. And it is uh, John Lester and Tanner Roark. So we've got a nice uh, pitching matchup for you today. We need to take a timeout. Steve Ciszek, one of those excellent relievers of that Cubs bullpen, will join us uh, very shortly at the bottom of the hour. Bruce Levine, Mike Esposito, inside the clubhouse here on The Score. And welcome back inside the clubhouse here on 670 The Score. Bruce Levine, Mike Esposito with you until 11 o'clock. Steve Rosenblum is in the building. We will have the Saturday suckage after this. Uh, Steve Ciszek from your Chicago Cubs joining us momentarily, Bruce. Mike, who's the favorite player for you to watch in baseball? Let's, let's eliminate the Chicago teams because – I know you're going to say Javi Baez first, probably Javi Baez second, uh, Javi Baez <laughs> third. Javi would have uh, been number one. But on outside yep. of the White Sox and Cubs, uh, who's the guy that you enjoy watching when you're uh, going around watching the MLB network or, you know, if you have the MLB package, you get to watch them all? I, I am a Mike Trout guy, and, and this is, I think, in part why he is not in. There was the whole stink around the All-Star break that, uh, you know, the commentary that Trout doesn't market himself well and whatever. Well, the fact that he plays a lot of late games, West Coast games, et cetera. But Mike Trout, I mean, can do everything extremely well on a baseball field. He's speedy. He plays the field as good as anybody. And uh, mine is at, at mine that. is Christian Yelich outside of the Chicago teams. He's uh, had a great Tremendously year. underrated player, does everything well. And just uh, scores runs and beats you. I know I, t- I took the easy guy out, but I mean, there, there's several other guys on there. But uh, we'll, we'll continue this discussion in a second, though. Right now, we want to head out to the hotline, though, Bruce, and head out to Wrigley Field. We, we are, and we're going to bring in the uh, fine relief pitcher extraordinaire of the Chicago Cubs, Steve Ciszek, joining us on Inside the Clubhouse. Steve, good morning. Good morning. How are you guys doing? We're doing good. good. And uh, what are the special preparations for Steve Ciszek? when he's uh, getting that arm loose after already throwing in 56 games this year. Oh, through that many? You probably only have another 35 to throw in. <laughs> yeah. You know, I just, we have a really good training staff here. So I just make sure that I stay on top of uh, soft tissue work. You know, my, I respond really well to it. Just having someone dig in my shoulder, legs, whatever it may be, just to keep me feeling fresh. And, um, you know, so that's a big deal for me. I just got to make sure that I don't get lazy with that stuff and I stay on top of it. So, um, so far it's been working out. How much is your motion, which most uh, anybody who knows anything about anatomy will tell you is a more natural motion, uh, allows you to go out there and do what you do year after year and be successful at it because of the fact that you're not going completely overhand. You're not necessarily always going three quarters at all but it's more of a sidearm to drop down motion that is more natural with the arm swing. 
Sure. Um, you know, you hear a lot of references with like softball, how, you know, it's a natural arm slot for anybody. That's why they're able to go as long as they can. And I don't you know, sidearm to some degree that makes sense you know i do feel sore though i you know I, <laughs> there's times where i get sore or tired or you know my arm tightens up you know you just don't really hear about it because we never say anything about it you know publicly um but you know i think it is helpful to be thrown in my arm slot and it's been a natural arm slot for me it's the only way i literally know how to throw in fact when i do throw and or when i pitch um, i feel like i'm throwing overhand with how i get my hand on top of the ball and um, it just comes out sidearm on camera. So in my head, I feel like I throw overhand, which is, I think, a, a benefit for me. Our Cubs conversation brought to you by Northwestern Football. Coach Fitz and the Music City Bowl champs host Michigan, Nebraska, Wisconsin, Notre Dame, and more this fall at Ryan Field. Season and single game tickets on sale now at nusports.com. Uh, Steve, uh, Brandon Morrow's been out uh, uh, for a little bit here with, uh, with his uh, biceps injury and still uh, not close to recovering, and yet, uh, you guys as a bullpen have really continued to uh, to be extremely success- successful and be a, a big key uh, to why this team is in first place. Uh, how have you guys maintained that, and what what is the attitude like down in that bullpen amongst the relievers? Yeah, I mean, the attitude stayed the same. Even with the newcomers, you know, joining us, you know, it was, it was just super relaxed um, and, and confident. You know, from the start of the season, we knew we had a pretty – a really deep bullpen. Uh, so if anything were to happen, you know, someone's going to be taken, you know, up that spot and, you know, having success. So it's, to me, it's no surprise that guys are stepping up and fulfilling the role because, you know, we're all in this, we're all at the same goal. You know, we want to win ball games one at a time. And, you know, if that takes, you know, any one of us you know, pitching the eighth, ninth innings, you know, whatever inning it may be, we're going out there treating it like it's a safe situation and trying to put a zero on the board and, keeping that simple approach and and it's paying off uh, big time. So there seems to be a problem in the bullpen and that is that uh, everybody doesn't want to dance now. <laughs> now wh- what's going on there, Steve? I know, you know, it was an adjustment for you coming over with the, uh, you know, the dancing bullpen and the home runs hit by the team and your unique uh, place underneath the, the uh, bleachers out there and your private celebration of, uh, who who is not responding to that? And you've had so many different guys there. Do you actually uh, have Lester Strode, the bullpen uh, coach, uh, doing instructing uh, different dance moves down there? Well, <laughs> well, he needs to be. He's got some serious moves. But um, you know, if you see like the young guys get called up, Lester will draw a circle in the bullpen, and that's their that's their dance spotlight. You know, they have to <laughs> do one solo dance in front of all of us and on camera. Uh, to be a part of the bullpen. Now, when you have a veteran guy that has, you know, six-plus years, and in case, you know, I can't imagine De La Rosa volunteering after having 15 years in the show to <laughs> want to do a solo dance. You know, you have that option. And so the older guys, they, sometimes they don't take that option. And, you know, I totally get it. Um, and uh, I didn't have to do a dance spotlight, thankfully. But, uh, you know, early on in the season, I just wanted to just experience it and just have a little fun. And I'm usually, you know, too serious when I pitch. And, uh, it's kind of, you know, lighting me up a little bit. But, you know, when it comes down to game time, we're all very serious. Yeah, it, it's kind of a unique thing that's going on with the Cubs and Wrigley. And uh, it, it probably does bring you guys a little bit closer, especially with the the huge shuttle of different guys that you've had down there this year, Steve. Yeah. Um, it, and like I said, it, the bullpen is it's, it's our own, like, little, like, room. It's almost like a sanctuary back there where we're just, just hanging out, watching the game, but also, you know, joking around ragging on each other um you know there's a lot of things we do out there that 
you know, you'll see on camera just messing around in like the first like inning or two. Uh, but then once it starts getting close and we see the pace of the game, you know, we start locking it in big time. Because if you're out there, you know, dead serious every single day, um, you know, you're going to drive yourself crazy. So, yeah, well, you know, we like to have a little fun and enjoy it. Lee Smith used to uh, sleep until the sixth inning. Uh, he'd go up in the clubhouse. And then 478 saves later, one of the greatest uh, pitchers in history. So there's different strokes for different folks down in the bullpen that get you to be successful. Absolutely. And I, I heard about that too. Um, you know, our uh, one of my pitching coaches had Lee Smith, and I, I was like, dude, I couldn't sleep. Like if I wake up groggy, like I'll just get crushed out there. But if it works for him, I mean, he's, he's one of the best of all time. Steve Ciszek is our guest here on Inside the Clubhouse on the Score. Steve, uh, your first year here with the Cubs, but obviously you've been around. Um, and, and as we head down the stretch here, uh, what what's the Joe Madden experience like? What's that Cubs clubhouse been like? As uh, obviously the team has had a lot of success the last few years. Uh, as a new guy, kind of in that clubhouse this year, how has that been for you? Um, it's been it's been great. You know, it's really as you can imagine, it's really laid back. Um, the thing I like the most is uh, Joe allows the players to police themselves. So if we have a, you know, obviously when good things happen, there's a lot of encouragement going on. But when, you know, things that we do that may not you know, have been a good decision, other guys will step in and, and talk to you about it, which I think is great. You know, Joe doesn't have to be the one, you know, coming on us. Like the players get on each other. You know, we were able to have that sort of leadership on this team. That's what makes us, you know, special is having that locker room presence. And um, so that's been an eye-opener for me is just, you know, everyone goes about their own business. However, whatever you need to do to get ready to win a baseball game, everyone has their own quirks, you know, maybe like Lee Smith napping. But uh, <laughs> um, whatever, honestly, is what it comes down to is whatever it takes for you to go out there and perform at your best, you know, that's, that's all that matters. And um, I think we've done a pretty good job with that this year. Yeah, looking at it on a daily basis, Steve, it looks like you can go locker to locker and find leaders uh, and nobody dominating the the locker room, but everybody having space to be uh, just a great teammate and do what needs to be done that day to help uh, people lead on and off the field. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the majority of this team are World Series champs, you know, two years ago. You know, it's not far away, not that long ago. And uh, so they know what it takes to win. They know what it takes to get to the playoffs and have success in the playoffs. So it's like, you know, why set all these boundaries when you, you let the players kind of please themselves? And there's something glaring, Joe might mention it, but, um, you know, for the most part, you know, the leadership in the locker room has probably been some of the best I've seen on any team I've been on. So I guess you were, people told me you had the best Pedro Strope uh, lookalike uh, outfit on the trip. Uh, how much time did you spend in accessories and uh, what what was that all about? Was that fun? Oh, yeah, it was awesome. I mean, we had – that was probably – I mean, I haven't really done many dress-up trips, but that's probably my I – mean, that's definitely my favorite so far this year. We've only done a couple, but everyone else agreed. Like, of all the dress-ups they've done on this team, like, that was the best. Because uh, we we all love Stropey. He's, he's the man. I mean, he's a cool dude. He's a great teammate, great guy. So, for us just to kind of, like, celebrate him in that way, I know he loved it more, probably more than we did even. So, it didn't take me long. I walked right into an H&M, walked right out. <laughs> and went on Amazon Prime, got some chains, and boom. Where, I mean, where, it was that easy. Where'd you get the chains? I mean, uh, I mean that that's an important accessory if you're going to be Pedro Strope. Yeah. Um, so I got I got one of my chains on Amazon Prime, and uh, <laughs> sure enough, it was way too small. I come in on 
you know, the day we have to dress up as Stropy, and uh, there's two huge chains sitting on my chair. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. He, he, Stropy bought a bunch of chains for people, so, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, and gave us his Belize hats, you know, which really capped it off. Uh, so it, it was an awesome time, man. We really enjoyed it. Steve, we appreciate your time as always. Uh, keep up the great work. I always uh, talk to Joe and I say, you know, um, Steve has 56 appearances, <laughs> you know, uh, and he says, you know what? Uh, the guy never tells us that uh, he needs any day. And if he does, uh, he'll be honest with us because he's a pro. And I guess uh, that's the ultimate respect getting coming from Joe. No, I definitely appreciate it. And we do talk about it, you know, um, but for the most part, like I said, I felt pretty good. And, um, you know, if I really feel like I need a day, I'll let them know. You know, so I'm honest. Well, and Bruce is looking out for you. That's, yeah, that's absolutely. all you need to know. I, I appreciate it, Bruce. <laughs> yeah, you know I'm in your corner. Steve, uh, appreciate it. Mike and I appreciate you dropping in on Inside the Clubhouse. We'll see you out at the ballpark, okay? All right. Thank you guys for having me on. All right. Steve Ciszek, a wonderful guy, outstanding pitcher, up there in appearances. He's on pace to throw in half the team's games this year. He's 56 so far. He He's right there on half he, half of the games. He's been a a, a big big addition yeah. to this team. Two home runs only this year. Three last year. Uh, that's what you like about a uh, relief pitcher that uh, comes in and you know the, the long ball you know, mistake isn't necessarily going to get, get yeah. hit out of the ballpark. And, and Joe says he doesn't like to manage every game like Game Seven of the World Series. Well, we got five relievers yesterday. Uh, Wilson Ciszek who got the win and actually really bailed out that inning. Kinsler, CJ, and then Stropy. Uh, coming in at the end. So, Mike, uh, one more short break here. We'll continue to talk to you at 312-644-6767. We're going to hear from Ricky Renneria about Mancata and his uh, trials and tribulations. All your thoughts in Chicago baseball here at 670thescore670thescore.com. And the bottom of the hour brought to you by 1-866-ASK-DUKE. Have you been injured at work or in an accident? Not sure who can help? Just ask Duke, Chicago's largest network of experienced physicians and personal injury attorneys. Call 1-866-ASK-DUKE for the best injury guidance. That's 1-866-ASK-DUKE. Ricky Renneria, when we come back here on Inside the Clubhouse on The Score. Back for our final segment here on Inside the Clubhouse. Nice chat with Steve Ciszek just now. And, uh, Bruce, we're going to turn to the other side of town yes, now. Yes, Chicago White Sox. Yon um, Mankata, obviously the number one pick, number one minor league player in the in, in the, the uh, world back uh, two years ago before he was traded in that big Chris Sale deal uh, in the winter of 2016. Uh it's been a kind of a star-crossed year for him. There are some power numbers. There's some stolen base numbers. There's been uh, some improvement defensively. But the overall um, batting average, the strikeouts at a record pace. Yep. Right now he's got 162, I believe. That leads all Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. Dropped to eighth in the batting order. Uh, I insist, Mike, that uh, some time off, you know, a day or two a week to kind of just observe watch and kind of evaluate himself, you know, away from the game rather than pushing through every game might be help. I'm not a, I'm not a talent evaluator. I'm not a player development guy like Renteria and the White Sox are, but I think some time off for him would be essential just to watch the game and how it's played, you know, just to internalize it. Ricky Renteria had some thoughts about where Moncada is at right now. You're probably looking at all his at-bats and thinking, he sure could use one. 
Uh, he hasn't come in, and I've spoken to him many times, and uh, he hasn't expressed a desire nor a need. He needs to keep going through this and trying to experience it and uh, see if he can battle through it a little bit. Uh, I think the, con- the conversations continue with Trick, you know, in terms of how he's approaching his at-bats, and uh, just let him keep keep getting out there. Not in my world, okay? In, in their world, I, I understand it. They're development experts. Ricky's really good at what he, he does. But in my world, it's like you don't wait for the guy to tell you that he mm-hmm. needs a day off. I, I just I just don't don't believe that that's the case here. I think the, the case here is here's a kid that's trying to learn how to play 162 games at the major league level. Uh, very few players, no matter who they are, play all 162. He's played, uh, I think, in almost every game he's been available for. There were five or six games where he was out with injury. Um, you know, he's 22 years old. Yep. Going on 23 right now. Um, there's a lot of talent there. I just think you need to back off a little bit. They did that by dropping him to eighth in the order to uh, take away a little of the impact of the bats. I don't. I don't think that's the, the answer. I think the answer is just a couple of mental days off here and there. Uh, what 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 is the point of him playing every single day in a year where you're not competing for a championship? I think the idea where they want the pitchers to go more innings, more pitches, learn how to compete. I, I understand that even if they're getting their brains beat in. Yep. Uh, position players have to learn how to play 162, but. It, at some point, I think you have to back off. He he has played, if you look at the three seasons uh, of which he has participated in the majors, uh, 16 with the Red Sox. He played at the tail end of that season, eight games, 54 games last year with the Sox. And then this year, almost, as you said, almost every game, he's played just over that 162 mark. And, and really, he's been consistent. It hasn't been good consistent, but he's been consistent. He's hit right around 220, 230. The power numbers, as you said, there is some power numbers there. The strikeouts, though, he's got to cut down. And actually, Ricky talked about what he thinks the, the biggest issue with Moncada's at-bats are. He's been very effective with uh, hitting with all balls in the strike zone. Doing very, very well. It's borderline pitches and things of that nature that he seems to be having a little bit of a, a problem with on both sides of the plate. Uh, he's got to continue to experience those at-bats. So uh, about 78% of the time, those those pitches aren't in the zone, I guess, mm-hmm. because he's only hitting 219. Uh, you know, again, the batting average isn't really the thing that people look at right now. It's the on-base. It's a slug. His on-base is just a tad over 30. You mm-hmm. know, that's, yep. that's not good enough. The slug is okay. But, you know, again, it's a developing player. Uh, who probably could have used another half year or so last year in the minor leagues. Back off the accelerator just a little bit. Give the guys some room to breathe. Uh, These games are important, but they're not essential to where the White Sox are going other than uh, playing other major league teams, playing in major league games, getting experience. I think part of that experience is to just reach back, look back and, you know, kind of take it all in, uh, understand yourself outside of playing the game that day. And I don't want to, uh, Sox fans to think I'm making a direct comparison because I believe Yohan Moncada will eventually be Javier Baez. I just want to point out that years one and two of Javier Baez in the major leagues with the Cubs were not good. He had his moments, but he struck out a ton. He swung at a million bad pitches. 
I mean, that was the book on him. Well, he Come, struck even out coming to four, this year, forty-three percent of the time in two thousand fourteen. Right, it was terrible. But what happened in two thousand and fifteen when Joe Madden said? I want Baez to uh, come and be right. my super utility guy. Epstein and Hoyer said no. He still has some things to accomplish as far as the hit tool goes mm-hmm. and uh, identifying strikes. And he did not start the season in 2015 with the Chicago Cubs. He did come up, eventually have an impact, ended up playing in the playoffs when yep. uh, Russell got hurt. But again, um, player development's not the easiest thing. Each guy is a little different. I just think a little bit of uh, uh, exhale for Mancata would go a long way. And exhale, too, for White Sox fans as it's it's not even close. The the volume of response we get, uh, whether it's phone or text, to, to White Sox players, Mancata far and away the tops, whether it's somebody who thinks give this kid time, whether it's somebody who thinks that, they should be, that he should be DFA'd immediately, which obviously is silliness. But I, I'm just saying there's, there's plenty of talent there's, there. There's just... People uh, on both sides. More yeah. development and, uh, you know, where he's going to play. Is he a second baseman or a third baseman? I think with, uh, you know, the way that um, Madrigal's coming in the minor leagues, mm-hmm. I think there's a chance that uh, he gets moved at some point. But for now, he's a second baseman. Yep. Continue to be that way. And and we have another week on the uh, Eloy Jimenez watch because it's still another week of not having him here. Well, I'm, I'm already past uh, my predictions. I'm, yes, I'm, you I'm are. out of the prediction business right now. I think that... He's earned his way up there. It'll be up to Mr. Hahn and Mr. Williams to decide uh, when that will be. Micah, we have people to thank today. Certainly, Zach Withers does a tremendous job for us every week producing this show. Thank you, Zach. Uh, we thank our guests today, Ryan Dempster, Steve Ciszek, and Mike Rizzo, the GM of the Washington Nationals. People can follow me on Twitter at MLB Bruce Levine. I cover both teams writing on 670thescore.com uh, every day here during the baseball season. Hardest working man in showbiz heading out to Wrigley Field and then the guaranteed raid field. Two games, a doubleheader for you today. Let's play two. We'll see you next week, Bruce. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Espo670 and stick around because coming up next, the Pop-Tart man himself, Steve Rosenblum, will join us here for some Saturday suckage on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.